0: What's up, guys? Welcome to the inaugural podcast of the Thunderdome Fantasy Football League. This is your commissioner of the Northtown Nightmare, Eddie Mitchell, and uh, tonight I'm being joined by two esteemed colleagues: the owner of the Burks Barracuda, Matt Kozlowski.
1: Hey, how's it going? This is a different little thing for me being on the other side of the mic. Yep, swept out
0: of the not going to go well. And also, one of the more creative team names: the owner of Team Wilson, Brian Wilson. Yeah, I haven't thought of a good team name yet, but don't worry, that's more to come this
2: year. But yeah, excited to be here. Uh, first first little podcast, so we'll see how it goes.
1: Are you the really world cool. are you the World Series pitcher, Brian Wilson?
2: Yes, I am actually. Yeah.
3: Nice. It's
2: been a while since we've been back to the World Series, but you know, I'm looking to get there again, you know, one day. <laughs> you lost your beard. Yeah. I had to shave it after we you know, I haven't been back in a while, I had to shave it.
0: Alright, so I know like 50% of the league has come over from the Suns League and you're kind of used to the podcast. For those of you guys that aren't from the Suns League and don't really know what you're getting a link for when this gets set up, something we've done with our other league that has the potential to be a little bit more fun with this being a year-round dynasty league is we we try to do weekly podcasts where we break down matchups and kind of just banter about what's going on in the league. (laughs) Um, for Cows and I, our goal is to kind of have uh, someone on every beat to kind of give it a fresh flavor every week. We'll see how many of you guys want to come on. Um, for this one, we're going to talk a little bit of off-season stuff, but before we get to all that stuff, I wanted to first just kind of have a general conversation of kind of what happened last year and where you see things going with the league. Um, I guess the first question, as I started to page back through last year, is – and we can skip all the regular season nonsense <clears> – <throat> um, what was your guys' feeling as, as league members on how the final team was decided for the playoffs? Did would be like the, the total score guy gets in no matter where he was? Because like, I know something that comes up a ton in, in leagues is, you know, man, I scored the most points and lost four straight games Like, as like the third highest score in the league. So I tried to address that with us having a weird number of teams for playoffs with whoever scores the most points gets in so if you had a terrible season
1: record wise, you still get in. So, did that seem to work? Or I I liked it. I mean, I I liked that. The last week, I think there were th- at least three playoff teams decided, um, and then I think there were four teams fighting for the last two spots. I think it was actually Brian Fegley and Sure were the last uh, three there, and I think Fegley and Brian needed some help, and Sure kind of was in the driver's seat due to points, but. It was kind of funny, like, sure, didn't really think he had a chance, and then he ended up getting in um, with a couple of big weeks at the end. So I don't know if I loved the playing game, the 5-4 matchup. Um, different little caveat, but I, I liked having a different way of a team to get in there at the end. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm a big fan of the total points.
3: Um, it's no, nothing more frustrating. I know, like, about a year ago in my
2: other league, I got top points and didn't even make the playoffs. Uh, so there's nothing more frustrating than to have the top points in the entire league and then not making the playoffs. So, um, no, I think it's great. Um, I really like that addition. Um, even though I keep up a little short this year, I think it, you know, I still think it's great moving forward. Yeah, the, the
0: play-in game is a little sketch, but, I mean, either cut it down to four teams and you just take the top two out of the divisions or however, however you want to go
1: about it, I mean, it's different. I don't know of a lot of leagues that do like a five man playoff with a a playing game, it you know, kinda like baseball has gone to the wild card game. Um so in that sense I kinda like it. Um I think the one thing that maybe isn't great about it is that the third seed does doesn't win their division and gets a buy. But that that's probably I mean, like you said, it's either sixty percent of the league gets in playoffs or only forty percent. So I I like the fifty percent piece. I just don't know it would almost be cool to do like a 3-4-5 play each other and the top two scores of that week advance yeah I, I think there's a lot of creative things to do unfortunately I just ESPN just
0: doesn't allow a lot of setups it, Yeah, it's hard to work around like you It'd be lot of input back I I'm excited for I'm excited for everyone to get in the same room on draft day because it's just kind of thrown together through text message and emails kind of getting feedback a couple people trying to figure out what was going to work best for year one. And no one's one's really said anything of what they thought was good or bad or different. I don't know if people have thoughts or if they thought it was great or don't. I don't know. So I'm excited for draft day to see everyone in the same room and kind of maybe we hash out a different way to work out playoffs at the draft. I don't know. Um, The rule book is certainly open to be rewritten. Started with the season recap, didn't mention it, but our champion last year was Team Storm Storm. And, uh... <coughs>
1: think this is a cop-out answer, but I'm really excited for a rookie draft. Never really done one of those before. I know there'll be some veterans thrown in there, but just kind of excited to see the way the league's going to value these rookies. It's a two-quarterback league, as we know, so um, I think we're fully expecting Kyler Murray to be the number one pick. In most rookie drafts, I'd say he's probably like the fifth or sixth pick in a, in the first round of a dynasty league, so I just want to kind of see how everyone values. I don't think it's a great rookie class. Um, a couple of good names, you know, Josh Jacobs, Kyler Murray. But after that, it's a little thin. Um, didn't really see a lot of first-round skill position players on the offensive side. It was kind of dominated by defense. So there's no Saquon in this draft like there was last year. But um, just want to see, you know, how people value the draft capital and where they want to allocate their – their resources too.
2: Yeah, um, just to piggyback on that, I think it's uh, look, really looking forward to the rookie draft, getting everybody in the same room, getting to know everyone, and uh, seeing what that atmosphere looks like. I think it's going to be great, and I think it's going to really open up the league. Um, like Eddie said, it was thrown together over text messages, so a lot of us, you know, a couple of us know each other and stuff like that, but I think once we get in the room, um, I think that will open up a lot of trades and stuff, and I think that's what makes Dynasty you know, really exciting. So we're in the middle of the first off season. excited to see that first rookie draft and uh, go forward from there.
3: Um, as far as, like, hiccups moving forward, I think one thing that we, you know, as teams start to age and
2: as teams start to fall out of competition um, and look to rebuild, I think we just have to, you know, maybe address in our rules uh, or start to look into something about tanking, um, you know, specific owners. Maybe benching their studs um, just to you know get that rookie that they're looking for. You know, so it depends on how people are you know drafting in the rookie class. Like Cause said, this rookie class isn't super deep. Um, so you're top end guys, and then there's like a big gap there. So um, are people going to value them enough to be willing to tank? Um, and if they are, do we have to put rules in place to prevent major tanking? Um,
1: so I think that's just something we have to look at, look at moving forward. I think we can take a piece from um, two of the professional leagues. You know, I think we're going to see some NFL teams <clears throat> go the route of tanking here with Trevor Lawrence becoming available, not this upcoming draft, but the following year. I mean, you saw the Dolphins just gut their roster um, to try to what everyone thinks, maybe play for some draft capital the next couple of years. So I want to see how the NFL handles that. Um, they've never really had that issue in the past because – The contracts are so short for both coaches. You know, coaches sometimes only get one or two years. So we typically don't see players and coaches be willing to tank um, because they don't want to throw their career away and maybe never get another opportunity. So that's interesting. But I also think we could maybe look at something like the NBA does and maybe do like some kind of a lottery where, you know, we put 100 names in a hat and if you finish last, you get your name in 15 times rather than, you know, a slam dunk number one pick. So, there's some things we could do with tanking. I think and get creative. And I think, there's, you know, we want to make this as real life as possible. So, going looking at the professional route that's already have has it done might not be a bad idea. Yeah. <coughs> that's the biggest thing with kind of where I was trying to have with I was trying to really model it after the NFL. Like the rookie draft's not going to go snake. It's going to be repeating order
0: because the way it rolls in the NFL rather than. Snake. Things like that, so I haven't really thought about the lottery aspect of thing. I think I think they hear think about that. Um, I think that's a definitely an interesting round. Um, but yeah, like like we
1: said ten times already. Once we get everyone in the same room and kind of one years it opinions, maybe something will come in terms of some of these different things. The, um, the other hiccup, I didn't get to. I didn't come to that, but. Brian and I are two people that are going to be having some issues this year. No one really talked about, you know, making sure you went out and got four quarterbacks. Um, We all kind of drafted our teams last year with bye weeks in mind. But with it being a two-quarterback league, um, year to year, you may have two quarterbacks with the same bye week. So I know I have it with Watson and Brady. I don't know who yours are, Brian, but... That's something that's going to be interesting. It may spark trade conversation. Um, it's not really doing a lot for me because the guy I'd like to move is Brady rather than Watson, obviously, in the Dynasty League, and people aren't excited about grabbing Tom Brady in the Dynasty League. So, I wouldn't call it a hiccup, but it's definitely an added caveat. throw in the dynasty aspect of it and the fact that the schedules aren't released with any type of preparation time before the next off season gets rolling it's definitely something that could come up and it's kind of
0: luck or not luck I guess you know so yeah, I don't know I think as that opens up maybe I don't know it could be a problem for 50% of the league one year someone could have three quarterbacks on by I think we'll see what happens with that going forward I think as well um Moving into the offseason for this year, we've only had, kind of disappointingly, I guess, we've only had two trades so far, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the first trade, I sent a pile of potential trash to Shane, and I think a fifth or a sixth round pick, I don't know, because the picks aren't on ESPN I don't feel like I'm
1: switching my phone over um, for Nick Foles uh, to try and add to my
0: quarterback depth. And the second trade, Brian, you sent Sammy Watkins for Marcus Murphy. Uh, I sent, (laughs) yeah, yeah, straight up. I thought it was a great
2: deal. Um, I think there was some draft picks involved in that one too. Maybe I'm not quite sure. I'd have to look back on it. I I was like, had him pretty close between Watkins and Murphy there. But you gave up your second and got three overall. Is that correct? Yeah, I gave up my second, which is. Uh, the fourth pick in the second, and I ended up getting uh, the third pick in the first, and then I gave up Blockens, obviously, too. So um, he also gave me a fifth back in return. Okay. But,
0: yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to document all the trades on the Google Doc that'll all be set up for draft day, and like everyone will be in order so we can just roll through on the Google Doc. But uh, is there anything to discuss with these trades? I guess it was kind of surprising to see someone in the first rookie draft give up the third overall pick and still, I kind of had a brief conversation with him. He said he felt like it was a good trade getting Lockins. I just, I don't, I don't know. I, I, he's sitting with two quarterbacks, so it's kind of shocking to see because no one knows what anyone's going to value these quarterbacks at. You guys are both guys sitting here on the podcast with Bobby because you're your quarterbacks. Uh, I know there's not a lot of Starting quarterbacks to really get excited about in this draft. Guys that you might have to wait till mid-season for me to get out there, but I thought it was interesting to see a guy give up three in the first rookie draft. That was my big takeaway from these two trades. I think mine my Shane's meaningless. We don't even to really talk about it unless you guys said something.
1: You kicked in a late round draft pick to Shane, right?
0: Uh, it was a fifth or a sixth. Yeah.
1: So, I, I mean, he got he. I don't know. I haven't looked at his team enough to really to see who he's going to be keeping. I think, I think Hines was one of the running backs he traded. Um, he's got value, you know. He's a young guy. Mac goes down. Hines could get some some burn on that team. Uh, it was Hines, McGuire. Hines who and Maguire. Mike Davis. Oh, all right, and I, I mean, I think the world's sleeping on Mike Davis just because I, I don't think he's going to be just completely shut out of that team, but. Yeah, you you know, he had a bunch of quarterbacks. I think he had Flacco, Eli, Foles, and Wentz. He was going to add Murray to the mix. So for him, just to get a little bit of something for one of those veteran quarterbacks made sense. Not a whole lot to see there. Filled a need for you. He was trading from a position of strength. Um, but the Watkins trade was interesting. You know, Watkins ADP right now looking round six-ish, I believe. And you would assume... You know, Murray and Jacobs go 1-2. David Montgomery probably at 3. So if that's where Brian goes with that pick, potentially, you know, you know Montgomery, Sanders, Henderson, guys like that. Um, they're like 5th through 7th round ADP. So in that sense, it's a fair trade. Um, and Brian gets the extra 5th round pick. That if he decides not to keep Marcus Murphy, you know, Marcus Murphy's probably going to be available in that fifth round if you want to go back and get him. Oh, yeah. Definitely noting that.
3: Um, (laughs) But, yeah, I think between the two trades, um, you know, I think Eddie and Stu were just trying to fill
2: end of their bench needs. Uh, I think Eddie needed – he was looking ahead, kind of needed a quarterback. He didn't want to be dependent on drafting one because, like you mentioned before, it, you know, can be kind of thin in this draft. Um, whereas Stu was kind of looking for some running back help. Um, now I think, you know, Davis ends up being more of a handcuff. Uh, but then, you know, you got Heinz value as well. Um, but yeah, Davis could easily play a role, especially early in the season. So, um, I think those two guys are, you know, worth a look, uh, but they're not going to be your studs that you're starting every week. They're going to be your, you know, plug in guys. Um, so I think both of them kind of address their needs. um, I won't comment too much on my trade, but I, you know, I think I was just trying to trade away a position of strength for me. Um, I had a lot of wide receivers on my team. Um, I was looking to move
3: up in the draft just to get some more flexibility. Um, And I think Stu was looking to add a
2: wide receiver. So I think it worked out for both of us. Um, uh, So we'll see how the draft goes and see, you know, if that pans out or if that was, um, if the people that are drafted end up busting anyway. So. We've kind of
0: alluded to it already, but one of the things that we're done in the notes for us for the show was just to kind of talk about our overall thoughts on, like, the trade activity. And one of the things I was most excited about, kind of, I mean, I don't want to say year-round because that's a little exaggerated, but I feel like like a solid, like, eight months where you're kind of grinding away on a diet or <laughs> Like, one of the things that surprised me is some of the teams that are sitting around with four quarterbacks five quarterbacks, maybe even someone has, I'm not sure if the biggest number is, but there's some teams with a lot of quarterbacks out there, and there's teams with no quarterbacks out there, they could very well be talking to each other, but I don't feel like there's a lot of activity in that, I know I've talked to like 90% of the league and tried to work trades, not a lot of them have come through, but I don't know if people were out there texting, talking, I don't know if people were able to contact each other, I don't know if everyone has to group me out, that's probably something else that needs to be addressed in the in the draft room, is that the best platform? Like, I don't, I don't know if things are happening
1: or not, but I don't know if you guys have any read on the trade activity or an opinion. So, Subers is the one that comes to mind as a guy that, you know, you look at his roster, he's got Mahomes, Trubisky, Stafford, and Mayfield. It's as good of a stable of fantasy quarterbacks as you're going to probably find in a two-quarterback league. Um kareem hunt was the running back on his team obviously we don't need to talk about kareem hunts off the field issues um but LaShawn mccoy and doug martin right now are starting running backs and you gotta turn that quarterback strength into some kind of a running back asset i know it's been out there it's been available um you know maybe he feels like he can get a better deal for one of those quarterbacks after the draft because there may be teams that need to draft a quarterback who aren't able to get one. Um, And then maybe he's stealing from a a real position of strength and actually has someone kind of by the balls. But, um, you know, there's teams out there that need help. And we saw last year, you're not going to find it on the waiver wire. So I don't think it's a huge issue now that we haven't seen many trades yet. I think we're all still kind of feeling out the value of these players. Um, but getting everyone in the room and being able to bounce ideas off each other is definitely going to help that. I think it can only be a good thing.
0: Well, spoiler alert, I had lunch with Supers the other day and kind of spitballed some things at him and tried to get a feel for where he is. And I think he's probably spot on with this cause it just came up in our other league with the trade that you made. Um, he doesn't want to move too quick. Like, if, you, if he moves one of his quarterbacks to acquire said running back, and that dude goes down in camp. It's kind of a waste of trade. So, and I mean the same can be trade. Same same can be said of any of these trades. If walking goes down in camp, is really going to be remorseful giving up the third overall pick for a guy that he can't use this year, especially with the guy Watkins' injury history. Like, in a dynasty league, is he ever going to come back from something? Not, not that I'm trying to put the kibosh on him. I'm just thinking maybe people are being patient because don't want to acquire someone without knowing if they're going to be there. Um, I think that is probably playing a role in it as well. Maybe three of us are just out in the front too much. Everyone else is kind of waiting. I want to to believe that once camp gets going and people know what guys are looking like and making sure that they're injury-free, I think maybe this pick. up a little bit. We all sound stupid three weeks to a month from now about trade activity because it really gets going. Uh,
1: We'll see. Um, well, so can I just add one more thing? Sure, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> so, I think part of the part of what makes trades go is you start to learn as you're in a league with people what they value, and that's the hardest part right now. I think because a lot of us don't necessarily know each other that well, you know, you you're, you don't want to burn that trade bridge, so you don't want to throw something out there that's that you know the person may find offensive. So. You know, I, I threw Juju out there as being available. I haven't gotten anything yet, maybe because it's too early. It may be because people don't value him the way I value him. You know, I think he's a top five keeper in this league in terms of age, volume. Um, the wide receiver position tends to do it longer than the running back position. So up my my advice to the league when you guys listen to this would be, you know, don't be afraid to offend somebody because – We should just be able to start trade negotiations. You know, Eric and I had a couple of discussions on trades, the good old boys. And uh, we didn't see eye to eye on things. But, you know, two weeks from now, if I need to trade, I'm going to go back to Eric. Like, I'm not necessarily saying I'm not talking to that dude because I didn't like his offers or he didn't like mine. You know, it just didn't work out. We valued things differently, but there may be a time where we can meet at a crossroads and maybe shake hands. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, i like to think that the group of people we have,
0: Eric, Eric's the only one that I don't have a personal relationship with, but like I said, 50% of the league comes over from sons, uh, a couple of high school buddies of mine, but yeah, I think once everyone gets in the same room, and once this thing goes and you see who kind of values what, like everyone in our league knows that Shane doesn't value a running back, so you can't
1: offer <laughs> a running back, like, that'll, that'll come up. What that'll, does Shane value looking at his team? Well, for this league, I don't know. Okay. Well, I know it was the three of us drafted last year, and he looked at us after the draft and did his stuff So <laughs> I thought I thought because well, I've been pumping that
0: for years. Um, but yeah, so um, trying to keep this moving here and everything kind of long winded. We'll cut this thing down to like two. Uh, something else I thought would be kind of fun to do would be to kind of pick through each team and try to. I wrote down pick three, pick three, uh, pick guys. Uh, we'll cut it down to two for time's sake. You guys, are, uh, uh, that you probably kicked to the curb. Um, I don't expect anyone to put their hand on this podcast and kind of give up. If you want to pick the two most obvious guys to keep, that'd be really boring radio. Be welcome to do so.
1: do you want to um, start with? We can start with the stu- Alright. I no notes for this, so I'm going off the cuff. So if anyone has anything on my computer
0: loads in this rainstorm
1: so, so I think a, a pick one I, mean, I i think we could each add one to this. My my pick one would be Callan Calan ballage Balage. Um he was a guy I was super high on last year. Had him in all my best balls. Didn't work out. He got some burn at the end. Um, I'm not a huge Kenyan Drake guy. I think he's okay. But there, there could be some opportunity. You know, new coach in Miami. New, new look offense potentially. So I think Balage is definitely a guy to pick. And then a guy to kick. Would be Nick Mullins. <laughs> I know it's a I know it's a quarterback, but you know, I I don't see that being a thing. He was okay last year. Maybe maybe he's a guy to pick. Maybe you know the quarterback is so valuable that he's a guy you'd want to hold because he was okay last year. If he were to find himself in a different role, it might work out. But I I don't see it happening there.
2: It's not a lower leg injury that you're normally worried about with like running backs and stuff like that, but that affect him uh, as far as like ball security or anything like that. So, I Royce Freeman's is a guy that at least is getting the fifty roll possibly expansion. So that you know that makes me excited that you could possibly eventually have a workhorse there. He's got draft capital behind him. Um, he's, he seems like a good good guy to hold. And uh, as far as kicking, I would think Brown. Um, Green Bay didn't make. To acquire any receivers, but they clearly have been hyping up about two people or three actually total in front of St. Brown. You're talking about Devontae Adams, um, Allison Valdez, gantling St. Brown's buried there. It, uh, it'd be hard for him to overcome that talent that's in front of him. So uh, he'd be a guy I'm kicking out. I think I got Johnson. He looks pretty good this year. I think young guy moving forward. You know, you're pretty uh, keeping firm uh, for a stable future in terms of shelf life for running back. On the big
1: my first row glance at Stu's team. Um he does not need wide receiver help. It's interesting that he went out to get Sammy Watkins. He's got a good number of wide receivers. Well at first place, looking at it, he's got like a potential stable of bats in there too. Yeah. So, like, yeah. So my pick one for him, I want to say, all right, I'm going to be a little bit of a homer here. My pick one, he's got to hold on to Malcolm Brown. Um, You know, Henderson's getting the plugs right now. Everyone's loving Daryl Henderson, you know, seventh round ADP. Henderson's going to carry individual value this year, regardless of Gurley's health. He will be the Kamara type running back in the, of two years ago, Ingram Kamara, role of Gurley and Henderson. The handcuff to Todd Gurley is Malcolm Brown. They're not going to give Henderson the ball, you know, more than 15 times a game. So that's my outside looking in as a Rams fan. Um, I think Gurley's going to be okay. I hope he is for my team's sake, but... Um, you know, they matched an offer sheet that the Lions put in on Malcolm Brown. So they like him. Um, so I'm in on keeping Malcolm Brown. I think he's got valuable uh, potential. And kick one. Whew, man. Um, John, I'm going to kick John Brown. Smokey. Uh, I don't see it working out for him. Uh they already have Robert Foster and I don't think I think him and Brown are gonna be this hint a player. I didn't understand that deal for Buffalo, so I, I'm not in on John Brown. Okay.
3: Uh I'd say as far as keeping, I would go with uh Latin because um
2: you got Kamara there. They they clearly obviously he's an elite talent, he's very efficient, um, but they're not looking to give him the ball twenty five, thirty times a game. You know, they're trying to spell him and keep him fresh keep him keep him away from him taking that big hit so uh, I think Latin Murray rolls uh, right into that Ingram role um, I don't think he'll be quite as efficient and um, good as what Ingram was but I think that he'll be at least you know like a back end RB2 um, and that's you know get it done for you um, as far as cutting I think you gotta go crafter here I mean I don't think that guy's on the team so uh, it's safe to say that guy's done so um I would be cooking care after
0: you. I'm going to go off the wall here. Number one, because this might be the only roster in,
1: in a league that can do this. Josh because Gordon. Because of his roster. And this might be the only league format in which you can do this safely with so many roster spots. It's Josh Gordon. Yeah. You keep that dude. Your, your, your bench is deep as the day is long so it's not going to hurt you to keep him and with this roster it's not
0: like he's like going to be stressing over cuts at the end of the day so <laughs> you can cut him on down I like um, that the only, to look, the only thing to look for with this team is with him acquiring what was it like a three for one he's got some cuts now so maybe it does get a little bit harder to make extra cuts um, something I'm going to talk about at the end of the show um, as far as the kick one I mean pick any one of the hundred guys there's not
1: I mean We'll just save time to move on. You guys touched on the guys you could cut. What about Pierre Garçon? They they brought a bunch of dudes into San Francisco. I think I'm out on him.
0: Uh, he's on my cut list.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's
0: definitely
1: on the cut okay. list. Okay. I mean, time to be excited, I think I back with Shanahan. That time
0: was left of us. Josh Gordon, only
1: 28
2: years old. Got some years left? Yeah. As long as he can stay out of trouble. That's that's the key with him. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the
1: Bombers. All right. Bombers. All right. So... I'm, what? The yep. I'm, have to be as long-winded in I feel like be to it. Okay. Um, I'm going to keep DJ Chark. Uh, Washington, uh, Jacksonville, not really sure who the wide receivers are going to be. They have five DJs that are the exact same, so why not take a shot on Shark and see who falls legs. Um, and then my cut one would be Devontae Parker. I don't think I need to say why. I'm done with that dude. Yeah,
2: so for me this year, um, I would say on his team, this one's not super uncommon, it's pretty obvious, but um, really like Ridley this year. I think he, he broke out even as a rookie. He started to play really well and, and do a lot of things there in at Atlanta. Um, so add another year under his belt. Normally the second year is when the receivers really start to break out. I think he's a big play threat. Um, and you can't double him because you got Julio on the other side. So um, I think I really like the Atlanta offense. I'd love to get a share of Ridley. Uh, so I definitely think that's a guy to get excited about this year. Um, I think as far as cutting, you've got to cut for Ken. Uh, they Clearly, you know, Sony's the guy. Uh, they have White as the pass catching guy, and then they just drafted uh, Harris, you know, as their uh, their uh, basically backup guy in case anyone goes down. So I think Burkhead's going to see the cut here in training camp. So I think he's going to be a safe cut to get
0: out your team there. The guy to be excited about for me is Rashawn Penny. Good uh, should see more that someone you could look at as someone
1: that uh, fills into your running back role here in years to come in the dynasty um, as far as the cuts it's, it's tough. tough well Brian can you, can you keep both those guys I couldn't understand you Brian I was just in a windmill yeah the
0: audio is terrible it was a good tough, tough listen he owns both Fuller and Tiki Kuti
1: oh yeah can you keep both those guys I think you can, but now I'm, I think Sharks are cut now that I look more at this team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think
0: Sharks is definitely a cut. Uh, Kenneth Dixon's a cut. Uh, Ross is a cut. Ooh. John Ross. Yeah,
1: yeah probably. Unpopular opinion. Playboard was keep He'll again. Stairs to be quarterback best. Needed goes down. He's going to be a hundred million dollar man after a couple games with McVeigh. Let's, let's throw this out there. Does Blake Bortles learn enough? And does he get tagged as? Oh my God, he learns more. a chance I feel like okay. that. I feel. Like, I feel like that name's stained. <laughs> I don't think he can. There's like a whole Twitter page about Blake Bortles that people just mock. I, I don't. If he if he gets on the field and plays but it's not gonna be oh I spent a year in McVay's system. Um oh, yeah, it works for
0: the quarterback coach to get a head coaching job.
1: Yeah, he may be he may be the best head coaching candidate next year rather than quarterback, so <laughs> <laughs> So he has – got to change your team name to the Norristown Barking Dogs. Um, I can't believe I lost to this team um, in the championship game, but whatever. <sighs> All right, so – Um, guy that I'm, pick one would be Gus Edwards. Um, I'm trying not to go with obvious names here. Gus Edwards, um, I can't take this as a singular take for myself because I heard it on serious, but it made a lot of sense to me. Last year, everyone was excited about Alex Collins in that role. He flopped and Gus Edwards came in and was good. Um, everyone's kind of excited about Mark Ingram this year, and he might be a little long in the tooth. So, you know, Ingram could very well be the Alex Collins of this year's draft, and Edwards is going to be waiting there again. So, he's a guy that you hold and see what you have in him.
3: Yeah, as far as excited this year, I'm really excited about Damian Williams. Um, I think you know
2: anyone that you plug into that Kansas City offense, obviously be a keep. Um, but I think. Norman already showed his hands as far as keep and cut. So, um, yeah, definitely a keeper there. I think, you know, he has potential. He'll be an RB1. Um, I don't believe in him as a talent, but, I, you know, Andy Reid's team has proven to be family gold. So, um, I think he could to a uh, high end RB2 or RB1. I'm um, excited for
0: Alshon's uh, Wentz back, healthy. Alshon Jeffrey played the first half of the season with a bump shoulder, so I think he's a guy that has really fallen. I wanna say like sixth or seventh ADP sixth or seventh round ADP, so he's fallen down the boards uh, earlier this off season, but it's a time to and I'll give you a fuck, even though you already cut everybody. Why the hell is Jackson on his team?
1: I don't even think he's the worst one. Yes, but is Smallwood? I
2: mean, technically, he's the 12th running back
1: in (laughs) the NBA. Ajayi had triumphs. pick one is Michael Gallup. Um, you know, Cooper's getting a lot of the buzz. Everyone loves Zeke. Um, they have Randall Cobb. Not really excited about Cobb. Gallup was a guy who had a really low catch rate, but I think I saw at least once or twice a game where Dak missed him wide open, and it was usually for a score. I like Gallup's talent. He was one of the highly regarded receivers in last year's draft class, um, and I'm excited about seeing... Kellen Moore as the OC in Dallas um, brings some college concepts to that offense and maybe seeing if Dak can find Gallup in space and see what he can do. So I'm excited about Gallup um, and cut one Quincy and Numa. He's not in the cards for the Jets this year. Uh, I say, as my person, I'd be excited about would be White. Like, um, who has kind of sustained himself as Brady's pass catcher
2: and highly reliable and if anyone's seen Brady uh, throw a deep ball recently but he has not been throwing the ball very deep so uh, uh, I think James White's a guy to be really excited about if if, if him go to that expanded
3: pool last year Um, so I think it's a guy to be excited about as well Uh, Parker's cut
2: um, you know probably towards his back and his cut line but I think Jim Right away, but I think throughout this year he's got to cut. Uh, There's a lot of sneaky depth in New England there, and and Papa Pre. They had injury. He's a veteran. He's been around for a while. Um, He's getting to the age where wide receivers' play starts to decline. So he's going to be a guy that throughout this year, I think you'll be ready to cut.
1: say keep two keep four for dog no it's, there's so much like feedback I'm getting but that's fine just, just cause Brian is using his phone against his chest like I am a lucky guy, but I agree with you. He's what are you doing with I
0: guess any time I click out, it's making that noise. Uh, um, I, mean, I think his cuts are probably, probably, I don't have a number in my head, but I feel like he's got some pretty easy cuts at the bottom of
1: his lineup. So. Frank Gore. What's that? Frank Gore being is an interesting decision. Next on the list on my Subers. So, for Subers, um, a keep would. I'm just going to give you two. I, I feel the same way about these guys Tyrell Williams and Adam Humphreys. They're both keeps, in my opinion. Got to see what they're going to do in these offenses. I think they're both the number two options on their teams. So um, definitely got to see what you have there. And in a cut situation, um, I've been a huge believer of this guy, but I think Corey Clement's got to be a cut. Bring Miles Sanders in along with Jordan Howard. They've obviously showed their hand that they're not happy with what they had in camp at the running back position. And unfortunately for Clement, I think that means his his time to shine in Philly is um, on the way out. Go ahead, Eddie. I'm pulling him up from the computer. Oh, I'm sorry.
0: Uh... I go... Benjamin Watson, keep him. Why not? Even with yes. the suspension, Peter I rock. agree. Your deep enough. Ben's suspension. See
2: what happens, see if you're filming that off. It's gonna be kind of free of charge. As far as cuts, uh, can Marin's came Yeah, I guess up that ships as well. Alright, well, I pulled up my computer and let's look back here. Um, so, Subaru, let's see.
1: you got to keep Austin Eckler. We're not going to have probably Melvin Gordon, news by August 1st. Um, He has Gordon. He has a bunch of running backs, but if Eckler ends up being the number one guy in the Chargers offense, you got to hold on and see what you have there. Um, A cut for me would be Tyler Eifert. Kind of hard to say with him because he doesn't have a lot of tight end depth. Um, Austin Hooper, obviously Gronk is maybe retired. heard there's like a 40% chance he comes back at some point this year. But I'd rather keep a guy like Ian Thomas in Dynasty than Tyler Eifert. there being a lot of targets for him in New York so I'm okay with that yeah I'm looking over his roster right now I mean I'd love the running back position on this team here I
2: think a guy that you can cut is uh, Jameson Crowder Their wide receivers. Um, I don't think he's going to be doing too much this year. As far as someone I'm excited this year, I think Anthony Milder takes a step forward. I'm not talking I'm jumping up into the, the wide receiver one, but he could sneak into maybe back end wide receiver two, three ish. Um, so he could be good like bye week depth uh, for you this year. So I think he takes a step forward.
0: Nice. All right, let's go to the Barracudas. the second
1: place team, <clears throat> the finals loser. All right, so fir- yeah. my keep is Ido Smith. I want to see a healthy Freeman. I like Freeman for this year, but um, I think Ido Smith might carry some value and... I think running backs are hard to find, so I'm going to try to hold on to as many of them as I can. And a cut for me is Jordan Reed, and that's more of a position of strength for me with Kittle and Hunter Henry. I don't feel like I need to um, have Jordan Reed on this roster, and I'm not really excited about anything in the passing game for the Redskins. Yeah, I would say, uh first, I'm excited to hear here for you. I would say me as well.
2: Um, I think been hampered a little bit from it um, and I think finally you know, they they lost my uh, wide receiver up there so someone's gonna get some of these targets uh, I know a lot of people are hyping up Mike Williams but I think Hunter Henry's the guy that stick in there and get some targets <coughs> if this pains you to hear it but I think you know a ram could be dropped off this team uh, probably Josh Reynolds, I think, is a guy. I mean, is a guy that did good scoop-up last year when he got injured and everything like that, but I think there's too many mouths to feed there, so I think he's a guy that's has gone pretty easily there. Yes. i the obvious keep but someone you're excited about, because I don't think you're
0: expected quite what he did last year, is George Kittle. I mean, no one, no one really saw that come. Did you Going into year two of a dynasty you made before his breakout? Well, he's on your team.
3: Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I
0: mean I can piggyback on you. You could cut Jordan Reed because you got two two pretty solid tight ends. I mean you killed the tight end spot last year. Um
1: Yeah, that's my that's my decision right now and my opinion is Ito Smith or Gio Bernard. So, right now I'm leaning Ito. ito to cut or
3: ito
1: to keep. What?
0: Did you say either to cut or either to
1: keep. Right now I'm keeping Ito. For me, is Dante Pettis. I like Pettis a lot. You have, you have basically all of the sleeper wide receivers this year that people are hyping up enormously. Godwin Pettis, Valdez Scantling, and even Corlin Sutton to an extent. Those are all guys that are on every breakout wide receiver list. So, um, I'm most excited. I think about Pettis. Out of that group I think he emerges in, As the number one In San Francisco This year And a cut For me Um <clears throat> I guess Adrian Peterson Maybe Um Hard to Cut someone That could be a starting Running back But you have some Pretty decent Running back depth And It's just written In the cards At some point He's not gonna be The guy in Washington This year Whether it's Geis Bryce Love Even Chris Thompson's gonna get some touches So um, probably would be a tough cut but I think you can probably move on from him.
2: Alright. Uh, I would say I, I'm just, like you said I have a, every sleeper wide receiver they have and every way they're hyping right now the guys for a breakout so we'll see how that goes but I'm most excited, excited about the handling uh, I think the potential for him being number two in Green Bay um, is big um, being tied to Rodgers um, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to play forever but I feel like he's got a lot of solid years left um, so he can really uh, get value there plus you got to go with yeah. so that's, that's got to be the there um guy on the cut list after my trade for Mark Murphy I really second guessed it you know I, I think he might end up in my cut now, but a serious cut here um is a cut for me. I mean, I think when they bring all, you know, they bring in OBJ into Cleveland. Um, they're solid at tight end, wide receiver. They're solid at running back. Um, I think there's many mouse to feed. I like Callaway and his speed and athleticism. Um, between my wide receiver depth and youth, and also what they just did in Cleveland, I
0: get cut guy. K-Fag is Case Keenan. You just beg and plea and hope that he holds on long enough to address your private issue.
1: That's it. Um, cut Duke Johnson. He dug his own grand. He sucks. He's done. Yeah, that's the decision to me is between Duke Johnson, Adrian Peterson, and Carlos Hyde. I said Peterson, but I, I Peterson and Johnson are the clear decision. I guess Hyde is definitely someone you're going to hold on to.
2: Yeah, just because he's tied. So if Damian Williams doesn't work out or get injured, I think you got to keep up his potential. Duke Johnson's only value is a pass catcher, and Baker hates uh-huh. so. Yeah, I mean, anything, unless I hear mega trade news between now and cut, it looks like it's going to be Duke. Uh, just because if he stays in,
0: like it. And right. lastly, yours truly, um,. I'll be snake bitten again and say a guy that I'm excited about keeping his Kenyan Drake. Uh, it ended up in two leagues last year, and it was absolutely brutal watching that man for two-square. I'm
1: Keeps TJ Yeldon. I think he's the most talented back in Buffalo. Um, I don't think he'll get the shot at first, but I think you know, Talaman's out at the end, so I like TJ Yeldon, and the cut for me is Chris Hogan.
2: James gone, Antonio Brown gone. Um, they're going to look to fill some of that void there. So I think uh, Vance McDonald's a guy that could step it up the at Big Ben's passing for the tight end. So and now
0: Vance McDonald's isn't sharing. The- Through uh, and catch the teams that they wanted to uh, listen to, probably themselves. Uh, real quickly, just to finish off, I'll run through this. Stuff. I just wanted to give reminders. <clears throat> August 1st is the deadline to cut down. Everyone has to cut down to 18, so if you made a three-for-one trade, you still got to cut to 18. Um, what was the issue with... Um, oh, if you traded draft picks, that came up. If you traded draft picks it's a seven-round draft, but if you traded draft picks, you still have to cut to 18, um, and that extra player would have to be picked up on waivers after the draft. There's not going to be like an eighth round for everybody that traded a pick, or a ninth round for someone that traded an extra pick. You'd have to with the waivers open and either pay the bid price or wait till after bidding and pick them up on waivers, uh, just so that everyone addresses that. It makes it this far into the
1: podcast. Um, that's kind of what the expectation is going to be going forward. I think there's doing two main things I talked talk about. That's four of reminders. Is there anything else that I forgot? Nothing. That's good.
0: Draft the reminders. All right. So we're, we're closing in on August 1st, so it's exciting to see what people do with their first roster cuts. Cut the seven guys down. Um, guys have anything else? No. Okay. Have you good. listened this far? Thanks for listening. Hopefully we'll get someone that speaks up and wants to come on for the next show. I don't know if we'll do another one
1: before the draft or not. Uh, probably the next one will probably be like a draft recap. Kind of talking about here before we get into the season. But if anyone wants to step on, just let us know. Uh, thanks for listening to the inaugural Thunderdome podcast. Thanks, Eddie. Thank you.